welcome to LOA Today. I'm Walt Thiessen. With me today is entrepreneur and Abraham Hicks fan, Louis D'Souza. This is your Daily Dose of Happy. We are so happy you decided to join us today. And unfortunately, our good friend Anne-Marie is under the weather. She actually has contracted the COVID illness, which Louis keeps telling us he keeps trying to and hasn't been able to do, but uh, she actually does have it. And so I'm asking all of our listeners and friends to uh, send your highest vibrations of healing to her so she can get past it quickly, get back to living the good life. But in the meantime, uh, Louis has been living the good life. He and his family just spent the last couple of weeks in Austria. And he was just uh, telling me a little bit about it. I mean, from what I saw, Louie, in the pictures and from, from what you were just telling me, it sounded like a, a perfect Christmas holiday. I mean, it was just everything was perfect about it. Yeah, I mean, it's difficult for people to really understand, but I've been doing this for about 15 years now, every single Christmas going there because my wife <clears throat> was born in a skiing village in Austria. Mm. So, you know, it's a very family affair. We go back Um the kids have been uh, sponsored for three years of free uh, skiing lessons from the grandparents. And uh, so, you know, Isabel, who's now 12 or 13, 13 years old, is now, um, you know, skiing quite very, very well by herself. Um, Good for her. And Eloise has just gone to her, well, second year because COVID knocked out one of the years mm. of her training and... Uh, yeah, so it snowed before we got there, as I was saying earlier on, and uh, we had sun the whole time we were there, and that wow. snow was so deep that it managed to remain most of the time. Well, we had a <clears throat> we also have every Christmas a little sleigh ride. So this guy comes with these two huge horses and his uh, oh, wow. sleigh, and we get uh, you know r- wrapped up in in blankets and we get pulled by horses around the snow. Which is, you know, it's it's really charming. It's something that that people don't often get the experience of doing. Yeah, yeah, I've um, experienced it. So, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So then you stop halfway in the middle of nowhere and yep. you get out and you stretch your legs and you get the schnapps given to you and you all go, yep. <laughs> you know, bottoms up and. <laughs> they didn't serve a schnapps. They served as hot chocolate, but they're relatively the same thing. So yeah. <laughs> in Austria, it's very, very much schnapps. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> I have to ask you, do they actually use, uh, to leave the slaves, do they actually use Belgian draft horses in Austria? I mean, is that allowed? I don't know. I don't even know what a Belgian draft horse is. Oh, they're, they're like these huge, monstrously large horses. Very gentle, very kind, but just monstrously strong, big horses. It looks very much like that because these guys are huge. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely massive. Um, but gorgeously, as you say, very tame and passive creatures. But, yeah. you know, That's you really cool. feel the power of these massive beasts. Oh. They take one step, it's like, whoa, oh, jeez. Yeah. Just... <laughs> you got 20 people, people in the sleigh, and it moves like it's nothing. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> um, and then, you know, I wasn't allowed to ski because I haven't had my COVID jab. So I'm not allowed to go in the ski lift. So I, I was uh, um, penalized all over the place couldn't go to restaurants couldn't do a lot of things which is really um quite compelling but on the whole you know i just really like going out for walks and having some quiet time and doing some meditation in the in the mountains and 
you know, with all the family being busy doing this, this activity or that activity, I can um, just have some real quiet time and do some studying and all the rest of it. And it's just great. You know, it's very, very peaceful. And the water, you know, I'm, I'm big into my water and it's, it's from a stream that's about 200 meters away. So uh-huh. it's like as clear and as pure as you can get it. Right. No filtration, no storage, no, well, a little bit of storage, I suppose, as a tank in, in the house. Um, but that's it. So, you know, you've got this pure air, this crystal clear, snowy, crisp air, which you've got. And then you've got this pure water and you've got the ability to go out and walk endlessly all over the place. Uh, you know, it's just gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. It's a lot of fun. It sounds like a lot of fun, and it does sound very relaxing. I, I've always enjoyed any kind of outdoor, just pure relaxation-type activities, or activities that are almost not even activities that count as activities because they're so low-key. But I love it because when you can be in those places like you're, you were in where you're describing this you know, crystal clear air and clear water and so forth, it's, it's magical. That's the best mm. word I can think of to describe it. When you have an environment like that that you're in, it just feels magical. Everything just sparkles. The great thing is you can take your camera, turn it in any direction, and you get an amazing shot. You don't have to be a, <laughs> <laughs> a professional cameraman at all. You just wing right. it anywhere and you just press the button, and you've got this gorgeous, high-resolution, beautiful, beautiful photo. Now, there was a lot of mist there. So, you know, you get that lot, uh, that kind of mysteriousness. So you, you walk in, you can't even see your nose and then suddenly it clears and, and the sun is shining down. And then, you know, it's just, just beautiful. It's very kind of mysterious in a way. That's wild. I remember one, if you had missed, that may, means you had a lot of moisture in the air, which is not typical, at least here in the U.S., it's not typical to, to have that much moisture during wintertime. It tends to dry everything else. So, I mean, that's really fascinating. Okay, I, I hadn't really thought about it, but you often get missed in, in that area. It's just the way mm. it is. So, as you said, it must be a lot of moisture. Um, yeah. But um, I remember when I was up in the mountains once, and it was a really misty morning, very, very misty. And this is in summer. And I just went for a walk by myself, and I opened this gate and took a few steps, and then suddenly, uh, as... I could just see through the mist. There was a cow. I said, okay. And then suddenly there was another one and another one. Then they all started moving towards me and looking at me. And I was surrounded by about 50 cows to 100 cows. And they were all facing me and looking at me. Very curious. It's very, very weird experience. (laughs) (laughs) That's Um, funny. But very special, really, in a way. Very special. Well, cows are, in a sense, they're like horses. They're very communal. And they, mm. they they are very, how do I describe it? I, I, I don't want to make it sound like I'm talking just about humans, but I'll, I'll use the word generically. They're very person-oriented. They're, they're being-oriented. Maybe that's a better way to describe it. They're mm-hmm. very much interested in any being that comes within their range of, of uh, mobility. So mm-hmm. what you're describing makes sense. I mean, I've seen that before, but it's interesting. I, I don't know why that is, but they're just, they're very intensely quietly curious animals yeah they seem to be more aware than some other animals that are out there in the world um Mm. there there seems to be a greater level of awareness and i know that um my wife's father um opa they call him 
he uh he had two cows which he milked and all the rest of it but he had such a close strong relationship my daughter hmm. my, my wife um often says to me that uh opa loved his cows more than he loved his own kids but you know so <laughs> it's just like a really really close relationship <laughs> Um, well, the cows were the beneficiaries. <laughs> yeah, the cows were were, were um, very close to um, close to him, and and I think cows can get very close to humans in in a way that a lot of other animals can't, um, mm. at least beyond dog and cat kind of scenario, the domestic right. animal. Um, I think the cows have got that ability. And hi, Sam. Yes, it was a beautiful traditional holiday. <laughs> mm -hmm. Happy New Year to you. Um, yeah, so the interesting thing was because the previous year we weren't able, we weren't able to go because of COVID, because we were in lockdown, um, which was very frustrating. But what it did is it created a greater appreciation for going, having the ability to go to a place like that. And, right? you know, when it, when you do it year after year, you kind of lose that sense of it's special anymore. It's just something you do. Mm -hmm. But, um, the thing that was a bit frustrating for me, I have to admit, was coming back and paying double what I did for, no, the same. Well, what I paid for the flights for the whole family, we have to pay for testing for the whole family. So it's okay. double the amount just in travel costs for the COVID tests when we come back. And that's not done by the government or anything that, that is penalized for the individual who has got enough money to go traveling and now we we're going to penalize you with um, testing, et cetera. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, you can go on holiday and those rules aren't there. And when you're on holiday and you come back and then the rules are slapped on you. So it's not even something you can pretty much plan for, just something that can get slapped onto you at any stage of the game. And then you suddenly have to haul out a huge amount of money and you could get even worse, you know, that, the whole family could have had to quarantine in a hotel for two weeks or something, mm. which some people have had to do from certain red zone countries. So, you know, um, it's very difficult to travel or to think about traveling without, you know, saying, okay, whatever I've paid for my holiday, I'm going to have to keep double aside just to cover maybe some bases when I come back at least double. Um, and, and it's already, it's, it's, it's a tough thing to, to have to do because, you know, the planes were half empty, uh, three quarters empty when we went and about half empty when we came back. Wow. <clears throat> um, airports very easy to get in and out and through because a lot of people just aren't traveling, you know? Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. the travel industry is just going to be hit left, right and center. Oh yeah. There's, there's everywhere. Um, and I really do feel sorry for them because there's a lot of, um, different businesses that are leaning on the travel industry, like accommodation and food and sure. all the rest of it in certain areas and restaurants, et cetera. So, um, yeah, uh, I just don't know how we're going to move forward because, you know, we've got the new variant and the new variant and the new variant and how many jabs you prepare to have and all the rest of it. These are kind of questions you have to ask yourself. And as I mentioned to you last time that I spoke to you, a lot of people aren't even aware that they had to change the definition of the word vaccine <laughs> to cover this thing that they're giving you at the moment, this mm. COVID jab, which is not a vaccine as we used to know, 
But now that they've modified the wording. It's a new kind of thing that's never been done before, so they didn't have a word for it. Yeah. So they've now lubbed that in with vaccine. um, And I think they understand um, that the population as a whole would have a very strong association with the word vaccine. So they figure, oh, well, we'll call it a vaccine because at least they know it's for blocking a disease from taking over your body. Okay, people can get that. So we'll go with vaccine. But it's not. The only thing it did, the only thing it says on the tin is that it will reduce the symptoms. It doesn't stop you getting it. It doesn't stop you spreading it. The only thing it does is it will reduce the symptoms. So it's basically the same as a cold or flu uh, jab Mm -hmm. Um, and not a vaccine per se. Now, from the point of view of of those of us who are conscious creators, um, of course, the big challenge is what is our response going to be in these situations? Absolutely. You know, when, yeah. when we run into things that we don't like, oh, well, how are we going to respond to it? Because of the response, and, and that's something I've been facing in my own way, not regarding COVID and vaccines and so forth, but with other stuff lately, it's I, it's almost like I've had my own philosophies shoved back in my face. Like, okay, you you, you believe in. Uh, in testing and changing your response to the situation. Here's a couple of situations for you. Go for it. That, that's mm-hmm. what it's felt like lately. Um, and it has been a challenge, but you know what? I still have the choice. The choice has never been taken away from me. I still continue to choose or have the option to choose whatever response I'm going to have. And it's up to me. Well, 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 I mean, I'm usually skiing and going to restaurants, etc. but I made a very conscious decision that I was just going to enjoy what I could do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was it. I was not going to get upset. You know, they said, shall we, shall we bring you a doggy bag back? You know, order you a meal and bring it back. I said, no. I said, no, I'll happy, happily fast during this period, you mm-hmm. know, and I'd be happier that way, you know. So it, it was really interesting. It was a very clear and conscious focus on, on being happy, even though there was all these, you know, usually we'd go to the swimming baths and some of the kids and, sauna and jacuzzi and all the rest of it and and uh we weren't able to do that either you know um, yeah, that's, almost, but, that's almost like sacrilegious louis not being able to go to a sauna exactly <laughs> but then i know when i come back i've still got it but um <laughs> but the idea of not being able to roll in the snow after a sauna is quite disappointing <laughs> which you can't do in the uk by the way Oh, that's funny. Um, well, in England, shall we say, you could probably do it in Scotland. Um, okay, I'll take your word for that. These kind of these kind of places aren't really out there, you know. England is still so prudish uh, that these kind of things haven't taken off big time in the UK. Ah, okay. um, but in Austria, they, you know, everybody is nude and everybody loves that kind of stuff, and they all know how healthy it is, and and you know, they they live that life very very much. So. It's, it's, um, they've got some of the biggest and best and the most amazing saunas and jacuzzis and, um, places like that, you know. Um, I'll just give you an example. Um, we went to one in Austria. <laughs> now it's a massive warehouse, absolutely huge. And there's a, a children's section and there, there's an all under 18 and then over 18. Everybody over 18 is allowed to go nude and do whatever you want. Um, the under 18 is usually the kids, etc. but you're not allowed to go nude. So the first place we went to in the nude section, um, and there was four of us, um, my, me and my girlfriend at the time and, um, another couple 
friends of ours are Norwegian friends. So we went there and the first thing you do is you get in a pool where they time you. You're not allowed in it for more than 17 seconds because it's very high in minerals and it gets absorbed through the skin. Oh, so wow. they make sure that um, you, you, you aren't able to stay in there for longer than 17 minutes. And they kick you out. And then there's this huge jacuzzi. I mean, it can handle probably 50 people, a round thing with a huge dome on top of it, very powerful jets. You know, these jets are really massaging your back and your feet and the bubbles, etc. They're really powerful. And then the next one was like a stream, and it was a flowing stream, and it was, was meandering. What you do is you get these round things that you float, you know, those long round things. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you put one under your head and one under your knees. And then you just get, and then your ears go in the water when you're like that. And then they've got this beautiful sound system underneath playing some very relaxing classics. And you go down the stream and you go round and round in this kind of stream thing. And it's just like, wow, man, that is like, that sounds nice. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then you've got the steam rooms. Now the first steam room was, a big orange globe in the middle with water coming out the top and spilling all the way around it perfectly. And you had these rolling seats that were heated. Um, and then you had beautiful music in there. So you just sit there and they've got this beautiful music and this orange ball that is always dripping with water all the way down. And it's just such gorgeous, absolutely amazing. Uh, then the next thing you do is you go into different so steam rooms and the they've got the main steam room which is eucalyptus as usual with the lights going on and off it's like starry lights um on the roof and the ceiling and then you've got four two two on this side two on that side so four others and they only handle four people each so each one is a different flavor and they change the the flavors the smells every day Uh and uh so you've got, you know, citrus and, you know, all different ones in, in there. And it's just gorgeous. Then you go from there to the sauna area. And the sauna area, you walk on like a gravel path. So something to massage your feet. When they've got palm trees there, they've got this huge plunge pool and, and a waterfall going into the plunge pool. And then you've got the sauna. And we saw the sauna was open. It's like, oh, what are they doing there? Oh, no, the guy says it's, um, they're busy airing it. So every two hours, they open all the, the door to the outside and the inside door, and they let the egg clean clean up. They said, okay, that's cool. And he says, okay, it's ready now. So we go inside, and they take these huge hands of ice, and they put them on on these um, uh, the heating element. And they had the strawberry flavor. I only found it was strawberry many years later, but that smell is gorgeous, and it's strawberry. <clears throat> And these these hands melt, and the guy comes in there, you know, it all fills up, boys and girls, everybody's naked. And you, it fills up, and the guy stands there with his towel, and the steam from the hands, he takes his towel and he flicks it to each corner of the room. And then he gets a little clap, everybody claps, and he goes, sits down. <laughs> and so well, the steam is... It's, it's just to get that smell and that steam into all the corners of the, oh, of the, oh, of the oh, sauna after, after they've aired it, so... Got it. Um, okay. So you go back inside and and um, you have your sauna as per usual, uh, and then you go outside and you've got these huge streams of water, or even the plunge pool's got this um, waterfall, 
So you jump into the um, plunge pool and then you swim to the, the waterfall and you get smashed with this freezing cold water coming over your yes. head. And it's just like being out there in the wild, you know. Um, and then uh, you've got three different saunas there as well, um, all different smells. And and the one, one was herb-based, which was a bit weird. Um, and you get some that are, you know, lower temperatures and higher. Then you go swimming down a stream and the stream goes outside. <laughs> so outside, of wow. course, it's snowing and it's huge amount of snow and all the rest of it. So you're going out, it's still warm water out there. So the steam's everywhere. And they've got this, um, water cave where you go underneath the waterfall and then there's a cave behind there and, and you're outside. Um, and then you can just jump onto the side, roll in the snow, roll out again, you know. It's, oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> then you've got the organic restaurant and you go in there completely naked. You sit down and you eat your food. <laughs> I was wondering if they're going to bring the fifth, uh, the fifth They had four senses going. They had to bring the fifth in at some point. Um, so, you know, the, a lot of people don't even know places like this exist. You know, I didn't. Know I had no idea. Like <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I keep on thinking of why I became a nudist and all the rest of it. And um, when I was in the south of France with a friend of mine, uh, we went down to the beach together and I said, I'm going for a walk. And I walked. If, if you go north of a lot of beaches in um west part of france you will find a nudist beach so you go north of the main beach and you'll find a nudist beach so i didn't know this but i just went for a walk and i bumped into this so uh from then onwards i sort of you know the you stand there and watch and then the guy says no if you want to stay here you have to take off your clothes so i thought hey take off my clothes and then you start realizing how natural it is and um, after a while you're really saying to yourself why are people wearing clothes? What have they got to hide? <laughs> you know, and it's uh, completely turned around your head. You, you know, your head is completely spun around after a while. And the fascinating thing is, you know, you get the, the babies, you get the teenagers, you know, you get the beautiful little girls and the boys and, and then you get the, you know, the, the middle age of twenties to thirties and the thirties to forties and forties to fifties, fifties to sixties, sixties, seventies, eighties to nineties. And you got the whole range and then, you start realizing that the, this beautiful young girl is going to look like that a little bit later on. That old mm -hmm. lady, that old saggy skinned lady. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you start realizing that this is just a cloak that you're carrying for a while and it's very temporal and it really gives you that sense of, oh, is that how it all works? You know? And, uh, you know, I remember somebody once said to me, you want to know what um, that that beautiful girl that you like is going to look like? Just look at her mom. Yes, that's true. <laughs> Very true. And and probably same with boys, but you know, um, it it was uh, mentioned to me. So you start seeing that this is a whole progression, progressive thing. And another thing that really came to me through the whole experience was the whole generation gap. The generation gap, I think, is based along the, 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 the problem that society has got is when you're young, you think you're much older than you are. 
you think you're much wiser and you you know you know things better and all the rest of it. And then the older generation wants to be younger. <laughs> this is true. So, so what's happening there is people aren't really saying, you know, this is what I, this is where I am and this is what I'm going to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I'm going to appreciate where I am now, um, instead of wanting something that you're not. And, you know, the whole Buddhist thing, I think, was one of the best things for me. It, it, it builds it within you a, a strong confidence. You know, I can be nude in front of somebody and it doesn't bother me at all. The only reason I'm not is because it tends to bother them a lot. <laughs> you know, it's... Well, there, there's uh, other reasons for me. I don't know about you, but for me, there are a few. Like, for instance, I'm not really crazy about going out in the winter without clothes on. I, I actually like no, to stick no. in the winter. <laughs> completely agree with you you know the only reason i i wear shoes in in this country in south africa I very rarely wear sh- shoes is because it's cold mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah just cold. very practical I mean, when you talked about rolling around in the snow i said well yeah have fun not for me <laughs> not interesting yeah but i mean you've just come out of the sauna and your body's boiling hot and you want i don't to care down. i still am not interested <laughs> <laughs> oh well do you need to play with a contract <laughs> It teaches I play you. with all the contrast I want. I'm not in that one. <laughs> no, but it really is good for the detoxing. You know, if you go hot, cold, hot, cold, your whole body yeah, is like pink and healthy, and you've sweated out the toxins. It's you're amazing. That you're that in, in cardiac arrest, one or the other. It's, it's not a whole lot in between. <laughs> Well, it's interesting. I've never seen anybody being arrested. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. And it, it's very special, you know, I, I, I as well, because I wasn't able to go last year really was looking forward to it so much more this year and mm. uh yeah the contrast that's been, a, that, that's been an ongoing theme with the covid uh pandemic COVID, absolutely yeah you know, the more that the, the longer that has has gone on and the more that people's uh behavior patterns have been shifted because of it appreciation is up all over the place i don't think a lot of people particularly those who are in the high range of fear are even aware of it but there are some people who are aware of it, and it, it's, it becomes actually a fun topic of conversation. Like, for instance, I, I got my hair cut um, just before Christmas, and my barber is not somebody who normally would be aware of anything regarding law of attraction, conscious creation, positive thinking, anything like that. Uh, but he went through uh, some heart, heart attacks and strokes last year, a whole series of them, actually. And he's not an older guy. He's, he's, you know, probably, I don't know, mid forties, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but we got to talking and, and of course, every time I'm talking to him, I'm always emphasizing, accentuating the positive to use the old song. And in the process of doing that, I'm sharing philosophies that we talk about here on the show. One of the things that I was pointing out to him was just this, that the, uh, I said, I, well, I, I prefaced it by saying there are a number of good things that have come out of COVID. He said, Oh, really? What were they? Because um, he's kind of used to me now, first of all. And second of all, he's open to the possibility. So I started listing them. And one of them was the fact that we have much more appreciation. And you could just see his eyes light up. The moment that I said that, it resonated. And he totally, he jumped right in and totally agreed. Yes, that's definitely happened. Much more appreciation going on. 
And I'm thinking to myself, how cool is that? Because that's just somebody who I know, but who's not in conscious creator circles. How many others that I don't know about who are having very similar kinds of responses? Now, I can't honestly say most people are having conversations with somebody like you or me where we're actually pointing this stuff out to them, but the awareness is there on some level. It's not like this was on some level. Yeah. 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 Yeah, He, it wasn't like he had never heard this idea or never thought of this idea. It's just that I had encouraged him to bring it to the surface, but he was, he was enthusiastic about it. I'm thinking, wow, if there's this much appreciation or even just a fraction of this appreciation going on planet wide. Mm -hmm. Oh, we are in line for some amazing stuff to come along in the next year or two. Just amazing stuff. I don't even know what it is, <laughs> but it's going to be amazing. <laughs> you know, while I was chatting to this um, Austrian 21-year-old girl, and um, she was having a lot of problems with people calling her tall and her being tall because she's very tall. She's been taller than me. I know the um, feeling. And, uh, I was trying to encouraging, encouraging her, encourage her to be proud of it. And it was really an obstacle. <laughs> and I she was like, because I've been in that place. I know exactly how that yeah. feels. I know exactly how she feels. I mean, I know how <laughs> when I was at the airport and I was watching this guy who was like two and a half meters <laughs> tall, <laughs> he was massive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. I don't. I think I've seen somebody that big many times in my life. Yeah. And I was like, wow, how does he fit in the plane? How does he sit down to do anything? <laughs> you, you have identified um, some of the most important issues that we who are of the tall breed deal with. You're absolutely right. But on the other hand, being proud of it and confident about it and having Teflon coat about any negative mm. comments about it will make your life so much easier. It's true. So much easier. And one thing and, that I found over time is that if the way that I kind of put on that Teflon coat was through another form of appreciation, but it wasn't appreciation that I was intending. I just kind of fell into it. The kind of mm-hmm. appreciation I'm talking about is where people, I mean, you, you are treated I understand what it's like for, for somebody like a, a very attractive woman to be feel like she's being treated like an object. I understand what that feels like because when you are treated for being tall, you're also getting the same kind of treatment. But by the same token, it's almost always done positively. It's very rarely do you get some really negative teasing type stuff. Mm. Most of the time, it's it's appreciated. But even it's if it's done tall. positively, it's taken negatively. It very often is. Yes, many but, often. Yeah. But what ha- my point is, what happens over time is that the more that you get that, particularly in the form of, can you can you help me? I need to get that off the shelf. You're in a supermarket, you're in a store, you're someplace, you know, where where, mm. where something is up high and they need help with something, or just in a, in a place where the little kids, I love little kids because they're so they they don't um, they don't feel like they have to hide anything. They just let it go. Like, wow, mm-hmm. mommy, he's tall. You know, stuff like that. You can't really avoid that. And after a while, you, you just smile at it. Because, you know, you're so used to it. It happens so often. And there's clearly no malice in any of it. Mm. And, and somewhere somewhere along the line, it just kind of clicks like, I can be okay with this. Mm. It just kind of happens. You kind of, you kind of just fall into it. I'm sure, that, I mean, I understand where she's at at 21. I was not at that place yet. But I, I promise you, 
even without what you said and what you said to her, I'm sure it's going to help. But even without that, within the next three or four years, she's going to reach that same point. It's going to happen to her too. And when hmm. she, it, she won't even know what happened. She'll have to look back on it. And then she'll recognize, you know, there was a time when I was all very sensitive about my height. And I just don't seem to have that sensitivity anymore. I was, I was saying to her, why would I give you the power to make me feel hor- horrible or unhappy? That's an interesting question. <laughs> Which is the same to anybody else who's saying you're tall or not tall or whatever. Why would you mm-hmm. give them the power to make you feel unhappy? Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, it's something a lot of people aren't taught to look at or to focus on or to understand or to appreciate. Well, well that, that part actually that took often. me a number of years to learn. That took me a lot more than mm-hmm. my 20s to learn that one. I probably till I was around 50 because I, I was among the, I don't know what percentage of the population, but some chunk of the population that did not believe I could decide what my response was going to be, what my emotional feeling was going to be in in any given situation. I always thought the emotional feeling had to be, and I mentioned this a lot lately, I always thought the emotional feeling had to be tied in some way to what was intended in situation X, whatever situation X is. So situation X called for tears, then I had to feel tears. If situation X called for laughter, I had to feel laughter. If if situation X called for anger, then I had to feel anger. Like I never had a choice, I thought. And I think there are a number of people who go through life believing that, partly because we're sort of indirectly taught it, and partly because we never really get taught. You get to choose. I mean, I can't ever remember a single teacher of any kind, either a school teacher or a parent or an adult figure who I respected or anybody during all the time I was growing up, during my my 20s, my 30s. I can't remember anyone saying you get to choose what your response is. Mm. Maybe somebody did, but I didn't hear it. (laughs) I can promise you that. It never entered the conscious mind. Not once. But boy, is that just a powerful thing to learn. It is. It's amazing. You know, the way I, I look at it now is there's only two ways a human can be hurt. You want to try and stab at what I, the way I see it? What are the two ways well, anybody can be hurt? I think one. <laughs> Taking yeah. a stab at somebody, that'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> so that that is, what would you call that? Physical. Physical, yeah. Physical pain. And yeah. what's the other pain that you can have that often people have got? Uh, how do you describe it i mean you could kind of group it as like emotional pain but yeah okay let's say psychological okay okay sure so there's only two types of pain any any human can experience one is physical and one psychological well some people also divide those up into pieces like they'll they'll differentiate between mental and emotional and so you're you're kind of grouping them all in psychological but some people say they're, they're separate you know yeah okay well i always like building things down to the biggest thing that they can they can be collectively added to. Um, so if we're looking at psychological pain, psychological pain is based on you thinking about what you don't want, yes? Mm. Which we're That's all good it. at, by the way. But how simple is that, you know? When people talk about psychological oh, pain, they're going, to, they're going to so many diverse ideas and concepts and things, but they don't say, oh, it's just me thinking about what I don't want. Oh, it's never taught that clearly. I mean, Abraham's the first one that I know of who ever taught yeah. that clearly. Nobody else ever teaches that. Nobody else even says it that way. Yeah. So you you start realizing that, oh, if I'm thinking about what I don't want, that helps me 
understand better what I do want, doesn't it? When you know what you don't want, you have a better idea what you do want. And then I just turn that around. So there's only two types of pain and one you can always turn around. Yes. And one is self-inflicted. The other one may be self-inflicted. You may be stabbing yourself with a knife. Um, <laughs> and, and, but, and I'm not ready to throw in the towel on the other one either because I have not been able to sustain it. But on, for short periods of time, I have been able to get rid of the, the physical pain as well. Oh, you just demand. remove the knife and don't stab yourself anymore. Well, partly that, but also, <laughs> it, I mean, that, that's basically what, from the current modern science perspective, that's what the placebo effect is. The placebo effect, yeah, in yeah. their view, is yeah, just... I, I get what you're saying. Pain. You know, and, yeah. and it's cool that we can do that. I mean, I think placebo is a whole lot more, but that's another topic. Um, but the fact that we can do that is cool. I, mean, I, I think we have more to learn about how to do it more consistently, but basically it means there is no form of pain that we cannot control. Mm. Um, but when, when you break it down to that level of simplicity, let's say this girl who's got a problem with the height mm -hmm. challenge, you know, it really just is a thought of what you don't want. Oh yeah. It really can be broken down to that level of simplicity. And that's it. <laughs> you know, once you become aware of that, it becomes clear to you. You can start saying, okay, uh, wouldn't it be nice if, uh, it didn't bother me that much anymore. Wouldn't it be nice if I right. was confident about it? Wouldn't it be nice if mm -hmm. uh, I wore my Teflon coat and it just bounced off me? Wouldn't it be nice? And then after a while, of course, you, you are so much not focused on it. It doesn't even, you, the universal law of attraction can't bring it into your life. Well, that's just it. Exactly. <laughs> and, and it just doesn't even exist anymore. It completely, absolutely, utterly vanishes. <laughs> and you just described a great way to get there. Other way, there are other ways to get there. I mean, you probably described the most direct way to get there, the quickest way to get there. Um, but there are other ways as well. And what they all add up to is taking your mind off of it. So often we just allow ourselves to be controlled for the lack of a better word to control, be controlled by everybody else seemingly uh, focusing our attention on our height in this mm -hmm. case. Well, the only reason that we experience that is because, you know, we keep focusing on it, like you say, but nevertheless, it feels like other people are making us do it. Other people are imposing it on us. Other people are, well, I'm, I'm, my height is always an issue. It always comes into it. You know, and, and even if somebody isn't saying something, uh, it, I, sh I experience it as an issue because it just shows up in, in like social situations. This is one of my big things. If I'm in a social situation in a party atmosphere where everybody is standing, holding drinks or whatever, I can never hear the conversation because all the heads are like, you know, a foot lower and, and mm -hmm. with all the background noise. I can't hear what they're saying. <laughs> it's just not possible. Anyone who's tall mm -hmm. knows exactly what I'm talking about. Anyone who's short probably knows what I'm talking about too, because it's the same issue just from a different angle. Um, but the fact is you, you, you become so oriented toward the stuff that you just start noticing it everywhere. So mm. when you finally find a way to just not notice it anymore, all of a sudden it has no power over you. Mm. And. It's amazing because recently I felt a little bit uh, not so happy about a situation. And immediately I started thinking, ah, that's just a thought. It's just <laughs> a thought. What is what don't I like? Oh, I don't like that. 
All right. If I don't like that, what would be the opposite of it? And then I spent a little bit of time focusing on that and bang, I was out of it. And, you know, it's very conscious now, extremely conscious. You know, if I'm feeling that negative emotion, immediately I'm looking for what's the statement? What do I, what do I don't like? What do I not like? And then when you get clarity on the wording of what you don't like, you can immediately say, okay, I don't like um, the way I treated somebody. Then you say, wouldn't it be nice if I treated them this way? And then focus on that. Think about that. Think about how you can do it better next time. And then bang, it's gone. It's just vanished. And uh, it's so powerful now um, once you get there. Well, it does you take just, some time. I mean, it's not something that you're going to get instantly. It takes time. You have to practice it. You have to keep at it until it becomes habitual. Um, and as a result, there are going to be times. I experienced it over the weekend. I had uh, a time where I was feeling pretty pessimistic about some of my immediate future plans to the point where I figured they weren't even going to happen. And I, I, I actually was in that place of feeling like I couldn't climb out of it, mm-hmm. which I hadn't been in for quite some time. Um, now, of course, I did remember, oh, yeah, I don't have to stay there. So I started using some of the tools that I know and was able to emerge and get out of it. But the experience is a great reminder that even when we learn to apply these teachings and when we learn to practice them on a more regular basis, there are going to be times where we slip. And when we slip, it's okay. And not only is it okay, it's one more opportunity to practice once again, being mindful, bringing our attention back to where we want it to be, focusing on the stuff that we love. You know what actually helped me get out of it this time? It's interesting. I was thinking about the tools that I used. I used some of the tire tools. They were very helpful. But ultimately, what what changed the whole thing for me, what changed the whole dynamic was realizing that I wanted to trade in a gift that I got for Christmas. <laughs> and that was completely unexpected. My, my brother, uh, my brother is a, a software engineer for NASA. Mm-hmm. He actually works for a contractor that works for NASA. And he uh, is very interested in anything technological. And he decided this year, kind of out of the blue, he was going to give me one of these um, uh, virtual 3D gaming uh, consoles. The one was called, the, it's called the Oculus. I think it's the Facebook. Yeah, yeah the Oculus. Yeah. If you don't want yeah. it, you can send it my way. Uh, sorry, it's already gone. <laughs> <laughs> but but what ended up happening was I realized I had this thing and, you know, it had some value to it, but I really didn't want it. I knew I wasn't going to use it. And I don't even remember how I got onto it, but somewhere along the line, I got to thinking about piano keyboards, electronic piano keyboards. And I used to play piano when I was a kid. And for years, mm-hmm. I've been saying to myself, I'd really like to get a piano but we haven't had uh, a place to live where we can put a grand piano in. And I wanted a grand piano. Well, we still don't have a place where we can put a grand piano. Mm-hmm. But the electronic keyboards have gotten to the point where, I mean, they don't really sound like grand pianos, but they're fairly close. They're close. Yeah, they're yeah. really close. And I'm thinking, well, why am I just, why, why not just get one of the keyboards? And so all yeah. of a sudden I start getting excited. I started doing some research online. I didn't have a lot of money to spend. I was looking at kind of the low to medium end. Uh, keyboards, but I was listening to some of them on YouTube and so forth. They sound pretty good. So, you know, I, I ended up basically trading in the Oculus for a keyboard. And cool. uh, the keyboard's on order. It's going to be here in about a week, and I'm looking forward to it. Great. That Great. alone. 
that that was the big I mean I went through my other tools to climb out of my my funk that I was in but that one leapfrogged me out because you know what I did But you I could have put both off. of them together you can have the virtual reality keyboard you know <laughs> <laughs> You're missing out here, Walt. There's another level you can go to. <laughs> Louis, I, I've done that. I, I learned years ago how to play without looking at the keys. I don't need to have a blinder in front of me in order to do that. <laughs> it's, it's the virtual reality. It's the uh, uh, cons, concert house that you're in with the audience and mm. everything <laughs> that it can create for you. It's it's really incredible. It takes you to another level altogether. Um, oh, I must have been very, very impressed. Brenda's got a question in the, in the uh, queue here for you. She says she wants to know how tall you are. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can never remember. I'm having really <laughs> <laughs> um, slightly above average, I'd say. Yeah. Oof, what's How do you that? Know what, that, what is the average in the UK? Here in the US, it's about six feet, which is about, uh, you know, one in one point, what's that, 1.8 meters, something like that. I'm not sure exactly what it is, but 1.9. I've always been just, you know, with all the class photos and all that, it's slightly taller than everybody else, but, um, you know, not everybody, but, um, the average. <laughs> Kevin's uh, right. You can play piano in your city whenever and wherever you want. They play exactly. all over the place. There's a, there's a lot of people. As far you know. as the eye can see. <laughs> if VR is really starting to take off now for the first time after it's been out there for many, many years. It's mm. now starting to break ground in a bigger way than it ever has been before. And I can see it taking off um, more and more and more. The idea of having to buy, to buy those Oculus is you really have to bite your tongue um, because they're expensive. They really are. Oh, yeah. Uh, so. But then again, they got me a keyboard. So, hey, I'm not complaining. Yeah. <laughs> right? You know? Um, <laughs> These things are relative. <laughs> you, but you get the VR that you can put your, your mobile phone into, and they only cost 30, 40 quid. 50 mm -hmm. quid maybe for, for mm -hmm. a better quality one. Just slot your phone into it and then mm -hmm. you move around with that. And that's what I've been using for years now. And I mm -hmm. love it. I mean, you know, you, you can now watch anything on YouTube in VR. So you could watch what our, our show now on YouTube. You can press a button and you'll be able to watch it with the VR headset. There probably are people who are watching all the way today on YouTube yeah. with VR headset. I mean, that's just. No, I don't think be. so. That'll be rare. <laughs> Hey, give our credit, give, give our audience credit. It keeps growing every day. <laughs> if there's anybody, I'd really like to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've actually watched one of our, um, our shows on VR, but you, you really, when you got VR, you want a 380 yeah, degree at it, least. It would, it would quite um, be the same thing, right? Yeah. And, and you want some visual stimuli, you know, just looking at my face, I can't imagine it does much. <laughs> Actually, um, there's a question you can answer for me because I've wondered, I mean, I, I didn't wonder it enough to actually try out the, the gear that my brother gave me before I traded it in. But I've wondered because I have only straight ahead vision in one eye, would that interfere with the VR effect because I'm not getting the depth perception? To be honest, I don't know. <laughs> okay. I fair. Think, you know, I, I, I 
the different kind of eye challenges, um, if depth perception is an issue, um, when you walk outside, when you walk around your house, there isn't really a depth perception. You don't bump into things or knock, knock into things or anything. So, and you still see the depth issues really happen with like immediate things. Like, you know, somebody hands you something and, and you underreach or you overreach for it because you, you're, you can't tell exactly where the hand is, that kind of stuff. Yeah. I mean, I had that problem when I did table tennis as a kid with glasses. I was good. I was pretty reasonable at, at university. And then my dad, paid for me to get contact lenses and I just smashed everybody and I started to realize the glasses and <laughs> the distance from your eye do create a depth oh, perception issue. Oh, it's a huge difference. Oh, yes. Huge. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, so, it's no coincidence that, uh, for instance, um, in the American sport baseball, the, the best hitters have the best eyesight, like 2010 mm-hmm. vision. You know, they, they have outstanding vision and they can just see everything about that ball that they're, they're trying to hit. So, yeah. But Kevin, I completely agree with you. Going with a VR headset through the Grand Canyon is just a treat beyond treats. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Absolutely gorgeous. And you don't have to put um, up with the cold temperatures of being there if you don't want to. So that's pretty cool. Exactly. <laughs> um, you know, there, there's the ability these days of being able to bring the world into your room is getting bigger and bigger and better and better. Um, you know, you can't substitute what I experienced in the last two weeks in the Austrian Alps with a VR headset. It's just impossible. Um, but visually, you can get to experience it in a way you would never before on this planet to be able to sure. really because that's what you're doing you're feeding one sense i mean the the yeah. austrian experience was feeding five senses so that's why it really can't compete yeah but that one sense that vr is feeding is pretty good i mean they, they've really they've turned that into an art form and mm. i i think it's only a matter of time before they start bringing the other senses in i mean well they already have sound in audio is already part of it yeah yeah um, you know, but uh, at some point you're going to have smell vision. You know, you're going to have uh, <clears throat> tactile stuff going on, and that's. I mean, I was. That's what VR is going to be. I was watching that point. with VR, um, Walt, uh, an elephant scene. So you mm. literally got this huge herd of elephant, and walking right up to the camera. You know, I mean, they're <laughs> right there. They're walking past you. You can almost smell them, hear them, taste them, touch them. It's just, it just, it's, it's really a well done experience. I mean, mm-hmm. really well done. I mean, I've ridden on elephants before. I've fed them with my hand, etc. Um, so, you know, I really know what it feels like in real life, but you know, the VR headset, I was really impressed with one specific elephant clip that I saw once upon a time. Mm. Um, and it left a stark impression of, you know, you literally feel you could touch them as they walk past. It, you know, you literally wow. put your hand out, you know, and, uh, I love it when I, when I give the, the kids it, you know, they, they're wandering around bumping into things and they're like so excited and, you know, <gasps> they're getting shocked or the roller coaster rides, which you can do. It's, it's mm-hmm. really, you know, you, you get vertigo. Everybody does get vertigo with those roller coaster rides. I'm sure. Without exception. You know, you're not moving. Your physical, it's only the visual idea that you are moving that, com- you know, completely gives you and it gives you that, that pit in your stomach and you're like, you know, you can really feel it. It's, 
it's really interesting. Um, I, I disagree with and, Elon Musk. Kevin quoted Elon Musk. He said, in the next 10 years, Musk said, you won't be able to tell the difference between reality and VR. And I, I disagree with that. I don't think it's going to, that can be done in 10 years. I think we will eventually reach the point where you feel like you're in the matrix, where it all just feels so real. But 10 years, I think it's a little bit advanced. 10 years, I think it's a bit short too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, even though it's speeding up and speeding up and speeding up, it I is. can't see it getting there that fast. Not really, no. You, you because know. basically what you have to do is you have to be able to fool all five senses plus the sixth sense. That's going to be tough. Yeah. That's going to be really tough. Really, really tough. Yeah. And the level of clarity you're going to need and you're the 360 degree aspect plus, you know, the, this VR headset you got at the moment with your phone in it. My phone is heavy. And the VR headset <laughs> is not that light. And, yeah. and you need to remove all of that. That must yeah, not be that a will, factor. That will eventually happen. They'll get to the point where that it does will. happen. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, um, too, how it also will feed fears for some people, too. I, I think uh, probably, I don't know what the current state of the technology is. I don't really follow it. But I know at one point um, they were talking about stuff that embeds into your head and interacts with your brain directly. And a lot of people freak out over that possibility. So it's interesting how fear has already entered into the picture and probably will continue to do so over time. Um, once again, reintroducing the idea that we get to choose what our response is going to be to any mm-hmm. given perspective. Um, but the cool side of what you were just describing, I think, is it does give you different perspectives. That is, the, that, If I was ever going to be interested in VR, that would be it. Experiencing different perspectives that you get from whatever the filmmaker is who put together the experience that you're looking at mm-hmm. or game maker or whatever it might be. That you're, you are experiencing perspectives that you did not have before. Because among other things, what that really just drills right down deep inside of you is you are not limited to the one perspective you thought you were. Do you know what I really enjoyed about The Matrix? Is they took cinematography to another level. Mm, They did, yeah. That movie, where when it came out at the time, you know, those flying through the air and the movement and, oh, it's just, it was done so sublimely well um that you really felt i felt very distinctly at the time that this was a leap forward in cinematography and movies i really felt it very distinctly mm-hmm. um and of course many people have tried to copy aspects of the matrix and use aspects of it um very similar and mm-hmm. and to great effect and you know now it's so normal i was looking at the matrix the other day it's like yeah it's not as great as i remember it you know <laughs> but it, it's always the contrast aspect you know before i hadn't had that level of cinematography and now it's fairly commonplace so i don't even yeah. know if it's out yet but have you seen the matrix resurrection yet uh, is it a brand new movie? Oh yeah, 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 No, I've heard about it, but I haven't seen it. No, I don't even know if it's out yet. It may not be. But I, I okay. thought it was going to be out around the holidays, and we're past the holidays, so I figured, well, there's a good chance. Is it going to have Keanu Reeves in it? <laughs> yeah, I believe he's in it. I, I don't understand why Lawrence Fish is not in it. I don't get that one at all. But um, hey, they have their reasons, I guess. Uh, but most of the cast, as I understand it, is in it, and hmm. I guess it's it's. It, they, they've taken advantage of how long ago the movie was done so that they are, the, the next story is thrust a number of years into the future to make sense out of the fact that all the characters are older. Um, which seems kind of odd to me because if you have a matrix, I mean, you can make everybody whatever age you want to. So 
I don't know what that limitation is all about, but <laughs> that's just, I don't, I don't know what they're going to do with that one. I, I'm curious to see the movie. Let's just put it at that. I, I'm mm. very curious to see the movie when it comes my way. You know, I've, I've always appreciated all the Matrix, um, but again, the first one was groundbreaking from many respects. It kind mm. of talks about the idea that there's something beyond the physical. Yep. And there was a whole spiritual dimension to it. It yeah. was kind of t- talking about soul versus the physical body mm-hmm. um, and that whole dimensional gap. And I know a lot of people watched that movie and didn't understand. Oh, sure. There's, well, well, there's, there's a lot to take in that first time that you see that movie. There's a lot to take in. <laughs> there's a lot. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's that you little... You process it. <laughs> Um, there's that, there's that little scene where he goes, gets plugged in, um, and he goes into this VR world and, uh, uh, he, he's getting explained what's actually going on. And right. if you don't watch that little section a few times to really understand what they're saying, cause that, that explains the entire movie. There's like five minutes of explaining the entire movie, <laughs> but mm-hmm. if you don't get those five minutes, then you've kind of lost it, but uh, it's great. It's true. Kevin's made a recommendation in the chat. He says, watch Don't Look Up on Netflix. Are you familiar with that one? I'm not. I... I've i seen it, and I think it's new, um, but I, I haven't been drawn to watch it. I'll make a note of it, take a look at it at some point. Especially if it has Matrix qualities, that gives it you know, at least a reason to take a look at it. Uh, yes, in the top 10, it says, um, bad news. A huge freaking comment is on collision course with Earth. It's really bad news. No one cares. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds interesting. Hmm. All right. Well, that's interesting. Well, if it's recommended, case. I'll watch. <laughs> if it's recommended. Number one. Um, <clears throat> number one in Austria today. Okay, I'm not in Austria anymore. I'm back home in the UK. Well, I'm um, sorry. You, you can still be influenced by what's going on in Austria. There's no rule against that. It's fine. No, I just thought that if I'd logged in with Netflix in, the, in this country, it would have picked up the idea that I was in this country because it knows where the IP is, of course, what country it is. Um, but it this is true. still hasn't this updated it. So just to be confused. Well, I want to uh, finish up just by uh, reminding people that our friend Anne Marie is. Uh, under the weather, dealing with COVID. So please send your uh, highest vibration messages to help her heal quickly. I know she's 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 not feeling well, but she's well enough to be um, surfing around on social media. So she's not in really bad shape, which is good. Um, and hopefully uh, with a little help from the rest of us, she can just climb right out of it and get back to the world of the healthy living once again. But in the meantime, this has been fun. This has been an interesting conversation, Louie. I'm glad we kind of embarked that. I'm glad you kind of took us down this road with your, your stories about, uh, the nudists, particularly in Austria, who like to climb out of saunas and roll around in the snow. But that part was a little strange, but that's okay. <laughs> really not strange at all. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, we'll see you next week. Thank you guys to the, in the live stream for all the comments and thank you to our podcast listeners everywhere. We will see you all next time here on LOA today. Goodbye, everybody. Thank you, everyone.